0: Hello and welcome back to The Dive presented by Honda, Season 5, Episode 8. We have a couple of big announcements today, one of which is that CLG have won another game. And uh, The other. <laughs> <laughs> The other one rather than tell you we are actually going to show you so uh, for our viewers that are just listening at home you can go and find this video on Twitter or social media Uh, we will also link it below the YouTube uh, so you can actually watch it as well because it's a pretty cool video uh, and we're going to show it right now.
1: MSI,
0: MSI is back. Ooh. I especially like the crunchy noises there. The <laughs> crunchy <laughs> How do you guys feel? I just look <laughs> sick, dude. Uh, the, those
2: drone shots are incredible. The country looks so beautiful. Uh, I am really,
0: really excited that MSI is back.
2: Outdoor especially staff.
0: After- Especially after not getting it last year. Uh, I felt ba- so bad for Cloud9. We will see if they can make it again this year. But that's right. MSI is back. Uh, the location is Reykjavik in Iceland. Uh, the venue is very hard to say. Um, Azale, uh, you may take over now with uh, perfect Icelandic <laughs> pronunciation. Oh, yeah. 100%, where, 100% wh- perfect. <laughs> where the will games play? will be
2: played at Lagardasol Indoor Sporting <laughs> Arena, where the historic match of the century, century, a uh, 1972 World Chess Championship was held. Teams will quarantine upon arrival in Iceland for health and safety of our players, staff, and local residents. Uh, the event will not be able to accommodate a live audience. So that is a bit unfortunate, but I'm still so happy that we are going to be able to put in the, on this event yeah. despite the fact uh, that there is still you know, a global pandemic going on. Of course, things do seem to be getting better uh, with vaccines coming out. But of course, the, the players' health and safety is paramount here and uh you know from everything i've heard about iceland and how they're handling the pandemic it seems like cases are very low there it seems like one of the safest possible places they could have it and it's also a good time zone so i think it makes yeah. a lot of sense to put it there uh and and i'm actually and they're going to really, be quarantining
0: really uh as soon as they get there mm-hmm. as well uh yep. all the teams going to do the standard quarantine uh safety pr- uh, you know procedures for players is going to be the number one priority we also have a new format uh Guess what? No more play-ins. All teams are going to be thrown into basically a giant uh, group stage here. All 12 teams uh, are going to be here. They're going to be split into three different groups of four teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, These are going to be best of one round robins. It's double elimination, so they all play each other twice. Uh, And the top two teams per group are going to advance to the next stage. Uh, which has been called the Rumble, uh, which is uh, basically just a smaller uh, another round robin. It's going to also be best of one double round robin. And then the top four teams move on to the bracket stage, which is just semifinals and finals that are going to be best of five. So um, I kind of like the new format of uh, you know everybody being being thrown into the big groups. Um, I know that, uh, you know, double elimination and best of ones is not like a whole bunch of games, but you mean
2: double round Robin, um, you keep saying double elimination.
0: or double or yeah, yeah. Double, yeah. double round Robin, um, is, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, people, people always want maximum number of, of games. They're like, all right, we need everything to be best That's of threes, three. best of fives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would take forever. Hey, Wood. Yeah, I, my- I- go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say, it's something that I'm curious to see how I'll feel about when I watch it because it is a little weird to get two group stages in a row. I know this has happened before with like play-ins and stuff, but uh, because everyone that advances out of the groups are going to be going into the same pool afterwards, like you'll see matchups again, which is something I think most of the time you did not see repeat matchups in international performances before, unless it happened in like a knockout stage where like, you know, teams were beating each other to get there. So I'm a little curious to see how, how it'll actually play out and how it'll feel to fans and stuff, because there is that little, like, uh, like, I don't know, wrinkle in there. Where I'm like, Oh, so I'll watch a team play best of ones against this team and then they'll do it again. Kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm really excited for it. Uh, I, I think it's going to be pretty cool.
2: I actually think it's a positive to to have you know the playing teams, um, you know, all combined with the regular stage teams, you know, and have everyone fighting off. Yes, it is MSI, and yes, that means it's the number one teams. So maybe it won't be as competitive among the major regions versus the smaller regions. But as far as like what we've seen over the last couple of years, the smaller regions, the minor regions, have been actually getting more and more competitive. Right uh, at Worlds twenty twenty. EU almost got last place in their group in playing they had to play a tiebreaker to not get last place and then got knocked out in the first best of five uh you know what it was actually the elimination stage and then the team that they got knocked out by got three would by another minor region team so you know that that is just one example but we have been seeing more more competition i think um from a lot of these top teams and of course you have to then say well that was number one versus you know eu's number four right um, so that is, is the big difference here and, and I'll be interested to see how they can actually stack up because you're not going to be going up against a fourth seed. You're going to be going up against very likely G2 or whoever comes out on top, but usually it's G2. Um, yeah. so,
1: <laughs>
0: so let's you know, just slot them in there right now. Yeah.
2: You can pretty much slot them in there right now. Right. They, they basically win every single time. Um, so I think that that is, is the one thing. But I think it's good for the smaller regions to be able to actually prove themselves and, and see how they stack up against the top teams. And I also think that it's good for, for North America and for some of these regions to have the opportunity to assert their dominance, right? There's been so much talk about, oh yeah, NA, NA is a minor region, blah, blah, blah. Well, generally speaking in play-ins, we, we, our teams slam the other teams, right? Like it's usually not that close. Um, and this is going to be our number one seed going up against number one seeds from the other other regions. So either, you know, you can you can prove yourselves and our top teams will take down their top teams and show, hey, it's actually not that close. Maybe we're not as strong as LPL or LCK or whatever, but we're still a big step above or we lose and deserved. Right. And I think that's exciting. I think that that's really cool to be able to see, uh, you know, these
1: different teams battling it out. And we still don't go ahead, Mark. I was gonna say we still also don't know like how they're exactly seeding that yeah. first play-in stage or not playing but the first group stage game. So like I assume it'll be like EU, LPL, LCK, but then that means that NA is getting put into one of those because it's only three yep. groups. It's not the four groups. So you know it's actually not that easy <laughs> potentially to get out of these because it's only top two that get out. So um, it will especially be really especially if you interesting, have like if you have you know say
2: NA, uh, LPL, and you have. CIS or something like, or you have, you know, like you have Gambit or whatever, right? Like you have Mm -hmm. a a really strong minor region team. Um, You know, I'm not sure if if there's going to be some, some of those teams in in pool two and some in pool three, we'll have to actually find out exactly how it's going to be broken down to your point. Um, But I'm really excited for it. I think that'll be pretty interesting. And to be honest, the the, rumble stage is basically a fairly standard MSI group stage, right? Like that, that's essentially what you would be at anyway. You know, you're going to have the major regions and you're going to have two Minor region teams uh, all in there, or potentially some of the other major regions get knocked out, whatever. Uh, but you're going to have the top six teams doing double round robin, and then you go into best of five semifinals and finals, which is a you know, pretty standard MSI format. So uh, I think it's a nice tweak uh, for those who aren't interested in watching minor regions. You don't have to watch until the rumble stage. Um, but I think it's it's a win. I think it's cooler than the previous format we had.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the solution to, you know, people that don't want to watch the, the minor regions uh, play is that now they're going yep, against the major ones. And it's, it's more exciting because there's more trash talk on the line. There's always this this cloud hanging over. Yet, like, if you win, okay, that's expected. Good job. Go to your room. Finish <laughs> yeah. the rest of your homework. But you know what? If you lose, then you just get run out of town. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, and and with, you know, you're talking about how competitive a lot of the, the matches between between that have been recently. I am so excited to get to see Vietnam again because we didn't get to see Vietnam oh, at true. Worlds. There was no MSI. Um, so that, that's going to be my biggest hype. I am. I hope it's, you know, not, not jinxing them or anything. Hope, uh, you know, all these issues for everybody is, is fine this time around. Um, but I, 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 have, I really felt that missing um, at, last, at Last Worlds. Because as far as, you know, major regions, smaller regions is sometimes used. Vietnam is one of the biggest servers that we have in League of Legends. They have, they have more players than uh, North America has. So um, super excited. Hope that they, uh, you know, get, to get some representation, get included this time around as well. Um, and that is that is going to be hype. Uh, do you guys, if we had to put your money right now, um, what do you think the odds would be on Cloud9? Because they are at the top of the standing, so they should be odds on, you know, the leaders. But, uh, you know, like uh, Sleepers here, Team Liquid, even though their record not so good, uh, always, I feel like, a contender. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah.
2: It's, it's tough. Odds, like, <laughs> to put a number on it is is tough, man. I mean, I, yeah. I think Cloud Nine clearly looks like the best team right now, but there's still six games to play, and then there's playoffs, which are a whole different beast. TL one lock in, so I, I'd say they still have pretty good odds. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to how to place the odds on it. I, I think Cloud9 I'll, tell you, I'll tell
1: you. I'll tell you. C nine hundred percent full send.
0: I put them All number right. one
1: in my power rankings. I don't see anything looking different. They're beasting. <laughs> They're gonna keep beasting.
0: I like it Mark. I don't know what went on with your voice during that but I ah, like it. I'm excited. That's the that's the full confidence Mark. That's that's the happy Mark. Yeah, the higher pitch my voice the more confident yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I lost my fantasy uh, game Me too. Uh, today. We might we might as well do the fantasy update, even though even though we are losers. Uh, Mark, uh, wait, oh, did really? you win?
1: Oh, really? You guys are losers. I slapped LS. I'm actually sad that I have probably I think my highest point week, uh, and he hmm. he uh, had a he's uh, struggling to pick up dubs here. I've, dude, I I've lost by under ten
2: points two weeks in a row now. Feels bad. <laughs> and this week I I was playing against Emily, and uh, I think it was. God, who was it? I don't know. Her, her support, whoever it was, got like 50 or 60 points in the last game because she had the pick, and then it was like a 50-minute game <laughs> and passed mm. me by seven points. I it was uh, Two weeks in a row.
0: Oh, that reminds me. Well, last week when Azale was discrediting me for my, my bans and saying that the points against do not include the bans, they actually do. A viewer tipped me off, has my back. Uh, so at least I can hold on to that. Uh, part of the reason why my points against me are so low is because of the bands, uh, dude. You, you've taken out. away like forty points or whatever. I, I've got a bunch no, of bands I, too. I, I've and taken away like at least forty points, against 40 me. points every single day. I, ha- I checked. I have the most points banned away. He's still trying to discredit me. Azale, I, just a- I just want a little crumb. Azale, i praise mean, approval. I'm getting I, uh, screwed here. You see the points
2: against? It's, like <laughs> against? it's like 1,700 <laughs> against me. The next highest is like 1,500. All right. All right. All right. It's right not right going to happen. It's just not going to Just got to shore up get your get defense, it. Azale. I, uh,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm still trailing behind Gabby. I'm, I'm second in points four. I feel, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. I, uh, I think but, I'm doomed. I've accepted my fate.
2: Tactical's not really getting me any points. That was my first pick. He was he's he's really let me down here, you know. He's a dud for sure. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a dud. Uh, maybe maybe he'll pick it up in the second half, but I, I feel like a Blaze Olive is, is uh it's gonna be tough to win with a Blaze Olive. He just gets no points every week. Every week yeah. it's like the enemy mid laner gets a hundred and something points and mine gets like thirty. So it's it's tough. It's <laughs> tough out here in these streets. Uh fantasy yeah. not going well for me. But
0: I, I like how you started out flaming during the, during the draft, and now it's all sad.
2: I, uh, I mean, I was just flaming for the for the memes, man, just trying to make the draft entertaining, to be honest. Just a joke, smiling face with the tears behind it. <laughs> Honestly, couldn't care less if I lose. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's uh, what they all say, Azale. <laughs> it's true. You're right. Fucking like I'm, a true loser. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm staying up all night trying to plan on my picks and bans. I spent at least. 30 that's why hours a he's week discrediting the on fans. It. You no, know, it's just it's all in my head. Uh, definitely been a rough couple of weeks for me because of the fantasy. Books. <laughs> all right, we got some on uh, positives. We got some more Apple reviews. If you guys want to leave us reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts, you can find the dive on there. You can leave us a funny review, and maybe we Lifestyle's will read only, your please. review if it's funny. This one comes from an annoyed soccer fan. He says, "We have nine to fives, Zale. Don't know what that's referencing." Actively listened to this week's episode at 8 a.m. Eastern. Oh, because he was actually five five a.m. Uh, PSD. Because so he said no one wakes up. up at five. Ah, true. We got an esports fan who's up at five a.m. Good job. He says, "I legit LOL every time you talk about fantasy because Freak got the legal last pick and he complained about it." Chinchilla for Kobe, five star rating despite Mark C. Well, that's, <laughs> that's impressive. That's more like a seven star then really. Azale's commentary about the eleven million dollar Golden Glue still makes me <laughs> chuckle. Keep the jokes
1: coming. Love the content. Yeah, you, you, you had some good ones this weekend too—the Rello Star and stuff like that. Oh, like, the Relo Star! I was proud of that. That—that uh,
0: that, that was, that was my favorite for
2: sure. <laughs> All right, we got a next one here. This one comes from torch the greatest lol show in the West. The Dive delivers great content from. So, so <laughs> it's it says super, but I don't know if it's subpar. I I want to believe they says subpar. It could I think also trying be say super. superb it could, it could be superb it could be super or could be subpar we're going to say subpar. are editing it. analysts no, our, our producer edited I, it it says the show superb. is factually superior to other lol shows with similar content such as euphoria true <laughs> from lesser region of eu thanks for all your hard work i think that's no the problem. first review that that
1: spoke highly of me
2: <laughs> no, i'm, I'm so on far. a hot streak i'm definitely going so far. all right last one here we got this week comes from Adam Eats Bears. Wow, that's an aggressive name. Best League Podcast. Been listening for years now. You guys should also follow my pet hedgehog and corgi on Instagram. Sesame and Rigby. You know, I'll actually search that right now. Let's see. Let's go find it Yeah, Sesame but we'll, you, you said
0: you'll search it, but will you hit that follow? Well, I, I, need, I need a recommend I, on for money. I have to I actually
2: do it. see, right? You know, I got to see if uh, Sesame uh, and Rigby are worth it's a follow first. Sesame Ses-
1: and Rigby. Here's what's going to happen now. You guys are going to encourage all our Apple podcasters to be like, follow my this, follow my that. Well, That's why weird, I'm not doing it. This is actually Little really do they instructor.
0: know, Mark, as soon as we hit the follow, like a day later, boom, unfollow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is a very cute Instagram, Actually, Mark. I
0: don't open Instagram enough to be able to do that. I don't even uh, use this in quarantine. I don't take any more pictures. I, I literally lie. haven't used I haven't used Instagram all year. I feel I, like mean, the last, I don't last have any pets like you guys. Like, I I don't Christmas. have any I don't have any loved ones here either. It's just me and Travis. Nobody wants to see pictures <laughs> of me isn't and Travis is the loved ones? <laughs> no. Does <laughs> no, no. qualify? Oh, this person is <laughs> followed by Ovly.
2: I'll give him a follow. There you go. I'm in there. All right, thank you guys for the reviews, especially the one that called Mark a subpar analyst. Like that one a lot. Superb. Subpar uh, onto the LCS. He's still out. <laughs> uh, we, 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 you guys want to start at the top here. You mentioned cloud nine. How likely do we think it's going to win? Uh, they are two games up on the pack. Now they are three games up on, on TL blabber has been crushing one player of the week. Is this clearly the best team? Do they have weaknesses? Is fudge still a weakness? What are you guys thinking?
0: i feel like, i feel like these are these are the the same old cloud nine questions go just recycled again blabber is he good oh let's test it uh, we got to get into the labs here ah uh, calculating i think he's still good yeah yeah blabber still got it is cloud nine clearly but the best? but is he team? clearly
2: the best is that's what i'm asking is he way ahead of the field i didn't just say is blabber good oh yeah
0: yeah, he's yeah, uh, yeah. I I think it's extremely clear, um, as, as seen even by, and I love I love this too. How um, you know, with Hundred Thieves recording the heist and stuff, we get a lot more behind the scenes of player reactions. Like literally, go watch that video again of Closer reacting after their Cloud Nine game, and he's like having a breakdown, freaking out about blabber, blabber. He's so good. What do I do? And Closer is what is one of the other best jugglers that we have here, uh, and Hunches is right one Mark? of the one of our top teams. Oh yeah, Mark Mark disagrees. Um, I do. <laughs> uh, uh, Oh yeah, Mark Scott uh, special stats. By the way, I saw him uh, in the stats channel <laughs> loading up on some ammo. I <laughs> mean, hey, we don't for... have to do that here.
1: I got hotline lead later. I'm I'm, I'm, okay. I'm ready well, we to can do go it to both. war. We can we can we can get it. We can get into it later. Let's focus on C9. Blabber is, I think, the best by his in his role by a significant margin. Uh, yeah. Like compared to other roles, like AD, you can debate maybe. You're saying the biggest difference between
2: number one and two of any role, right? Mm.
1: Yeah, I think every other role you can at least have an interesting conversation. I don't think it's really close for Blabber. I think yeah. he's early MVP candidate. He's the most important player on the best team right now, or at least the best performing player on the best team right now. Um so I, I really do think it's Blabber. And um I, I think uh C9 is looking really good considering I'm like I'm still at the point where I'm like, is this their peak? Can they keep getting better? Like I I could believe it. They can get better. They better. I uh, I want them
0: to peak harder. Did you hear uh Fudge's interview? It was pretty good too um, it, it was definitely it definitely hurt a little you know uh, where he starts talking about how yes even though we are better than everyone in na uh, that doesn't mean we're good we still need to be better um because they have their eyes on international competition so um they they truly are are focused on Msi are focused on uh you know representing North America to the best of their ability on international stage as well as winning uh the Lcs. My hot topic for Cloud9, though, is Perks's BM, and this is the biggest thing for me. Perks now, uh, I feel like he's—we've had a steady growth of improvement mm-hmm. from from Perks' play since lock-in tournament. Um, you know, his team play plus his individual play. Now he's at the point where he's freaking picking LeBlanc, solo killing DeMonte, and then insta buying a Medjays. Like, actually, before he even completes a first item, first item Medjays is the most BM thing that a mid laner can do to you, especially after he just solo killed your ass. Like, Holy sh- man. No, it's more this... BM.
1: You get Is... solo killed and then you buy it. <laughs> Is that <You're> still? still... <laughs> cause I think it actually, it's kind of funny.
2: Like, it, it, cause it's <laughs> like, you're so bad. It doesn't even matter that you solo killed me. I'm going to farm your ass for stacks in my book. <laughs>
0: But, but then still, you're just like, all right, you, you just got solo killed. So th- I think I agree <laughs> with the deal. Like it's really funny then, <laughs> but it's more BM to like, yeah, yeah
1: it's, that's hilarious. To be like, I'm gonna keep doing this to you. Get but ready. Like, he's, he's, he's got in. a
0: lost chapter in, it, in his inventory, and I go like, what the? F-? He just upgraded his Stark Seal to a Medjai's. Comes back and. It's thematic,
2: um, right? He's got the book and he's got the chapter, so you know, the ghost together, it's synergy there.
0: <laughs> there you go. Just uh, he is a prolific reader. Uh Perks, so he you know, he's, he's, he's keep yeah. keeping up on the times here. He, he's uh, obviously really well. though that, that yeah, it's big for their team. I mean, he got
2: he got two solo kills I think on Demonte in that game. The level 2-1 looked funny, but uh I was casting that game and I I felt pretty strongly that this was like a fairly standard play that Demonte did, where he just kind of got his his bluff called. You know, he moved up to the top top side of the river, right, where his jungler was playing on that side of the map. And so often mid laners will do this in a losing situation, but they step towards the brush, and the other jungle is like, "Oh, sorry, sir. Okay, jungler's there. All right, backing off." And Perks was just like, "Nah, I don't believe." Just you. sat on him and auto. I don't think the jungler's is there. Just gonna keep going. I have my flash. If he is, but dude, here, that's fine. I can flash away. You know, you're playing a zero. You're not. You're level two or whatever. You can't actually do anything if the jungler is here, so it's fine. I'm just gonna call your bluff, and I thought that was actually really smart. I thought that probably no other mid laner in the league would have actually done that. You know, even our, our top level mid laners are are generally more on the passive side. Usually, people will play with respect to the jungler and say, "Hey, he's probably there."
0: Yeah, that that was definitely good by perks. Uh, I will say, for the other side, he could uh, Azir could have just flashed over the wall. Yeah, um, instead of trying to walk back. So he would have got him, it would have been like, bam, burned your flash. Uh and that's a good good play. You know, call called the bluff, got the summoner spell out. Uh, but I don't think it had to result in a solo kill.
2: Yeah, I agree. He he, he greeted that out too much after he got his bluff called, he didn't want a flash. So but either way, that, that was pretty hype. Um I still I still think I have the concern about Fudge, you know. Um, you know, Jack had his tweet like Fudge Hater's pretty quiet right about now and stuff. And Fudge has been playing a lot better than Lock in. You know, I'm fully on board with that. Uh, but but I still do feel like when Fudge has a good game, it feels like it's because of Blaber. Um, you know, and, and I don't know if, if that's fair. I, I think he has improved, and I don't think he feels like a big liability anymore. Like he didn't lock in. In lock in, it was just like, well, Fudge might just lose the whole game for you no matter what's happening. Now it feels like, Fudge, you're pretty solid. But I, I just still don't feel like he's creating solo advantages a lot of the time. And you don't necessarily have to. But if you're looking towards international play that is where it becomes more concerning where it's like okay we're saying blabber you're way above the rest of the field for junglers in north america he's not going to be way above every jungler at msi right that's where it becomes more difficult where every player has to really pull their weight because the opposing teams are so good and of course it's fine to you know to pick camille and Tanar and wait for your jungler to come like that's generally how it works right you know you have the olaf there you ult him up mini nar and you get those kills but if you cannot create your own advantages and if you're you're able to be exploited in the one v one, that's where there is still a little bit of concern for me. Um, but there's still lots of time to grow for fudge and if he can continue this level of improvement week over week, then maybe he can be, you know, in a really good spot, come MSI.
1: Yeah, I uh, I don't think he's a weakness, you know, like like how we kinda of talk about yeah. it in lock in Locken a little bit. I think he's he's not their best player. He's, he's, he's more middle arguably of their worst player, but like you have top two players across the board nearly in every single role. Um, and Fudge, like you said, is not getting exploited anymore and he's he's doing quite well. Um, we'll have to see when best of fives roll around. Yeah. And he's up against someday Alfari again, because that's really where the exploit happened. It wasn't actually during the round robin portion quite as much. It, it was a little bit still going on there, um, but it was really the best of fives. I think people s- stick in people's minds. So um, I think for now he's, he's passing the test looking great.
0: Um, but uh, uh, the, the best of fives is where he's really going to have to, you know, cut his teeth. Yeah. I mean, and as of right now, because it since, since he is on uh on an incline for improvement, I'm going by most recent game, just, single game sample size and looking at little details and, and little things to you know to show improvement and to to award and commend and there are things like perfectly timing his Camille ult to dodge away mm-hmm. from Narcissi. Um and, and and those are the types of things where I'm like good job yeah um, and we and then you look forward and like you guys are saying, the Alfari matchups, the impact matchups, um, I mean, and this was against some So so uh, these are the type of matchups that you're you're looking for those little things in, and uh, I think definitely deserves credit. But um, as you're saying, like uh, it's it's only it's only very recently in that last game where they took him off of the kind of Gragas weak side dude. soaking duty, right? Five games of Gragas in and a Gragas row, got uh, soaking that game. So yeah, he and, and it, it, it was it was Tank Gragas every time. Um, none of those Gragas were AP Gragas. Then it was the Karma. Then it was the Malphite. And, and this time, you know, counterpicked Camille, which was, which was quite good. But uh, yeah, definitely still an area that they are working on. All right, so I got a question for
2: you guys now. 100 Thieves, they're 8-4. and four. You know, they're, they're sitting in that kind of tie for second right now. Do you guys still feel that they are a legitimate championship contender or have 100 Thieves fallen off? Their games are getting a lot longer. It feels like they're a lot less dominant. And you know they haven't been able to to pull off these incredible dives and stuff as consistently as they were and Lockett in the earlier you know part of the split. Are they getting worse? Is everyone catching up? What's happening?
0: <laughs> well, they're definitely getting worse, uh, yeah. as they've self admitted. Uh, multiple players, as well as the coach, um, talking about how what what made them so strong is not as strong anymore. Um, you know, no more uh, TF, no more Galio coming through. Um, a lot of the big differences, and even it's not just restricted to those champions. But when you do make the shift towards uh, Azir and um, you know Orianna and uh, you know more it's control mages and scaling mages, <laughs> we've had so many, we've had so many uh, people standing up. Uh, in uh, it's like a, it's like an accordion almost here, always oh, uh, adjusting our seats and for, stuff? for our cameras because I just well, like, start uh,
1: sliding down and then I realize yeah, yeah. I'm like. Over time, yeah. I'm just I like, got my legs tucked under me, too. I'm, I'm, I'm a weird sitter, for sure. It's like, hey, guys.
0: Um, but it, it's self-admitted by them, though. They, they, are, they are having um, kind of an identity crisis moment, I feel like, right now with, uh, with the small shifts that have been going on in the meta. Um, and these, these really proactive early game plays, I think, is, is what really made them shine. And we were, were all focused on their team coordination, how well they were able to use you know early points of pressure um you know getting more out of objective trades by getting a slight lead in uh, in timing on an objective and then sending who he or someone else back cross map and covering for the counter play I thought that was one of the best things that they had done in mm-hmm. in lock-in uh, was actually trying to cut off possible objective trades that normally would be like okay you're getting a couple t- top turret plates you know for this mid play or you're getting a rift trailed for dragon type of thing uh, and because of timing windows and vision and then sending people back they were able to cut off the the other half basically of that trade but but those those are uh not happening anymore and so now their games are turning way longer uh, you can see by the, the game time just increasing exponentially here for 100 thieves um and the and the cleanliness and some of these fights and it coming down to a lot of these really scrappy ones where after the game, you guys look liking Demonte's uh, post game celebrations now because they went from all this <laughs> dancing and like uh, just you know, dabbing and stuff to, to being like, oh, we won again, and, and then after every game they're like another heist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I mean, I I've watched them extremely closely, especially in light of like a power ranking that I decided to make or that I had to make, uh, and. <laughs> I have pretty strong opinions, actually, uh, about how they're playing the game right now, because I've I've watched really cl- like I went like I was gonna put closer top four, top five, like I think a lot of people mm. would on their own. But then I, mm. when you rewatch those the first nine games that they've played this split, they have really lost their way. Uh, I think, um, not just him either. And I, I think that's what some people think I'm saying it's like closer's fall or something. It's not because who he, you're talking about all these roams. He's the highest dual proximity ju- uh, bot uh, support in the league right now. It's actually insane that he just doesn't roam at all as much anymore. Like he does it sometimes, but it's it's not at all the strengths that we you know you were talking about in locking tournament. They're, uh they still have super high priority. Like their bot lane is the highest four percentage bot lane in the league. Uh, if you disclude his senate games, because FBI has a ton of fasting senate games, he's the highest gold gold uh, CSD uh, at ten and fifteen and stuff. He's, he's smurfing lane. Some days it's the same way. Their side lanes are, are hard smurfing They're still in, in laning phase. They're both, uh, some days, top two in CSD, goal difference, and EXP difference, and like 4%. He's, he's like crushing. Um, but what they did not lock in was they took that priority and they made a lot of proactive plays. Hmm. And that totally fell apart in week one and week two. And they have abandoned it. They, they have not dove since I'm pretty sure like that C9 game really. Um, and, and for the most part, they, they they spam pick Olaf and they they hard farm and they take Drakes off their natural priority and take Rift heralds off their natural priority. And they have become totally non-interactive. They have the lowest kills and assists at 15 in the league as a team. And then closer is at 0.8 kills and assists at 15 on average in a, in a game. And for people who don't realize this, that is the all-time tied lowest for jungler in history of lcs with 10 or more games okay this is historically inactive the other people in that category is onda from his FlyQuest season and mike young from his uh not his phoenix one season his echo fox season and the only other person who's ever been lower was moon through 10 games on i think it was clg before he he picked it up towards the back half of the split but like it is historically inactive and like I don't think people realize this. I don't. I think that there's not that many big mistakes that some of the players are making, and they, they don't realize how inactive this Hundred Thieves team is. It's actually insane.
0: And I think, yeah, like we we're kind of alluding to with the uh, with the change uh, for Demonte uh, of champions, not having a mid laner roaming around and being proactive as well mm-hmm. uh, is is a big part of that. Because um, you're saying like, yeah, it's not all closer. Uh, now that there there is this desync, it's not just you know, him as an individual. Uh, you know, playing Azir or Oriana or or whatever. Um, but if you don't have a, a mid laner that is is looking for a lot of these you know proactive plays, uh, it does seem like it's, it's kind of not uh, not as high priority in their in their in game shot calling anymore. So given that mark,
1: yeah, hundred thieves contender or pretender for the championship. I think they're a huge pretender right now. I mean, they're lucky to be at their record. They were losing games to CLG both times before they threw. They should have lost that Dignitas game this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, they did lose to Golden Guardians. Uh, their average game time is the longest in the league for a reason. They they don't they, they have good team fighting in like the late game, and they do have really good objective control, like I was saying. That's actually how they win a lot of their games, is what happened in the Dignitas game where... Other teams have to make plays around objectives because they're going to get soul or, or something if yeah, they don't, or yeah, elder. And that. then those teams f it up because it's, it's you know, not as good teams or they're struggling in the, in the late game or it's still people are still figuring out how they're going to play these situations. So they still get a lot of wins off this play style. But like that is not going to work against teams like Cloud Nine and assuming Team Liquid turns it around or, or you know, whoever. I, I think they're currently a pretty big pretender. I like
0: this. Uh, I like this. Or Isaiah, you can give your thoughts on Hundred Thieves first, um, and then I I have a a follow up. I mean, you guys went pretty deep
2: on it, so I I don't have a tremendous amount to add. Um, I, the only thing I wanted to say was just a, along the tier list stuff. Um, for for Mark, you know, I, I I do think that just the community has has a tendency to not recognize the context in which these tier lists are being made, right? And I know yeah. it's often said, but people don't always listen, and that is one thing that I think. You know i wasn't even a part of this tier list but like i felt bad seeing some of you guys get flack for people not understanding what the context is right the tier list was based on performance in spring split nothing else. no lock-in no lock-in no historical nothing else right so that that i think is is the missing thing and i think that people tend to say jungle tier list all right who's the best okay blabber santorin closer uh Sven did speak a whatever yeah. right like you know whatever order but you 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 have your historical implications and people do that without really examining the performance for for like this little isolated uh blurb and that's not a thing that's unique to to your tier list here this is a thing that happens with tier lists all the time um, because we are trying to do them for like doing a historical one isn't interesting because guess what everyone it's agrees the same. it's everyone agrees right it's the same people that are going to be at the top of every single one uh, and that's why you know we we used to have really contentious ones with mid lane where it's like oh okay bjergsen's had a bad first couple weeks and they do a mid lane tier list and he's number four and people are like you're an idiot and it's like well actually he's only played eight games and he hasn't played that well um so i think that's something people should keep in mind with the tier list but I, I think they're fun and i think they create a lot of discussion which is which is you know the point of them and uh and i think that is very successful i felt a little <laughs> bit bad for mark getting roasted as though he's just an absolute moron and had no reason whatsoever to put to put closer
1: low yeah, I don't know, Kobe. If, if you're on your your point was on this topic or not, so I, I don't want to go ahead, hop go on ahead again because obviously it's something I'm very keep passionate going. about because like going, when everyone just going. goes, "You're a moron." I'm like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> I'm gonna have to double down now. And so like, I've done so much research on this. I rewatched all his games. He's turned. He has one kill from a gank. In, in, in the first 15 minutes of a game, through nine games, if you look at his first nine games. And it was the Immortals game. And that was right after he messed up his first clear and almost got, someday and him, killed contesting the top side scuttle. And he recovered mm-hmm. fine with that gank, but that was the only one he's had. And maybe you can throw the Team Liquid one in, where he went bot and helped force their flash in bot lane, but then his, his bot lane is actually the one that 2v2 gets the kill on, on Team Liquid's bot lane uh, in the first nine games. Those are his two, his so two when ganks. When you say one gank, do you mean one, one kill? Or do you mean one kill One kill from a gang, gank, but that's He's, he's only done two ganks, I'm pretty sure. That one and the Team Liquid one. He, he's shown up for a couple others, but he's actually mostly counter-ganking. Mm-hmm. He He's often second to the play behind the other people, even on his own team. Like, Demonte will usually get there first. Um, his counter-ganks, they're usually one-for-ones, so like he's cleaning up. Like, you saw that even in, in the game this weekend against D- uh, Dignitas, where Dardoch dove under turret, and he, he got a free kill. A lot of his kills are like that. His dives, there's the... Uh, he, the first game where he, or maybe it was the second game, he killed himself top in a dive. And then the one against C9 where they got one for three, that was the only other dive he's done this split that I can remember. Um, and, you know, like, when you start looking at all this stuff, I just, I can't, I want to, I was going to put him fifth, but like, in performance it's not been mm-hmm. good and i don't think he's a bad player if you ask me i still said multiple times he's a top yeah. 3 top 4 jungler in the league yeah. i would pick him if i was a gm top 3 top 4 but i'm just over saying these that he's not the a- weeks he's been bad He's, yeah, I wouldn't even necessarily say bad because there's there's good there's legitimately good things too that he does um, that you know like when I'm obviously trying to defend my take I'm not listing these things off first but his vision control and playing around priorities actually really good like someday gets to snowball his lead like that dignitas game because closer absolutely takes over that side of the jungle with with map control and stuff and vision control and then you know fake gods back GP alt farming and barrel farming and falling behind because closer does that very well but I think A lot of the things, like, he's... I don't think it's that hard to spam pick Olaf first clear power farm while you're... Like, he has the best laning bot lane in the league. And then if you look at most of their Drake takes, it's actually coming off inherent bot lane priority, not something he's had to kill someone for or gank someone for. Um, And, like, these are why, like, when I look at what the other... Like, Jose Diodo... Doesn't no offense to FlyQuest bot lane and stuff, but like he doesn't have that privilege when they're picking Seraphine, Maokai to just be able to go take Drake. That that Dignitas game that happened this weekend, I know it's not in the first line that I, that I um, included in my ranking, but I think it highlights the point very well. They went bot off natural bot priority, tried to force Drake. His bot lane messed it up. They died. They reset. They try to force it again. They die again they reset. He clears his top side jungle, comes back bot lane again with natural bot priority and then they take it for free because Dardoch goes and takes Rift Hull on the flip side of the map. And like that's not a play that everyone can make. You know, and I think like when you really dig in, you really look at the games, you go, how are they getting all these dragons? How are they you know, what is happening in these games? I I I think a lot of people just kind of Default to thinking that you know, like these these are my the rankings in my head. And closer is a really good team fighter too. He, he's mm-hmm. super clean, mechanically really good, and he doesn't make big blunders usually. Um, but he had a couple of this in, in the tournament. I think like the first game of the of his whole split, he went blue side, went tried to go blue to blue after after an invade, and he died to Svenskeren. He just ran right yeah. into him in his own blue jungle. Like one. people don't remember these games and these plays, but they they happened, and I'm not going to
0: ignore them. <laughs> See, <laughs> he's not crazy. You need to have. Uh, Mark, you need to have a bunch of hyperlinks in your uh list I know, this is uh, like time as, stamped like, everywhere. Exhibit A, Exhibit B, ex- <laughs> just listed out there under them. Yeah. Um
1: and it's like, hist- like I-, I can't get around this point off historically low kills and assists. People try and say like, oh, yeah. well, he's playing Olaf, and this is like, you know, I'm like, watch Blabber
0: play Olaf and tell me that this thing can't get kills pre 15 minutes, dude. Like, it's not it's their g- game plan. And it's funny, too, because people, everybody recognizes, um, that you know, this difference in 100 Thieves and how they're kind of stumbling now as a team uh, in this mid-game. Yeah. And yet, because, like you're saying, like, I know these players, I have these players associated in my head, how good they are, you know, relative in this league. Uh, and so when you see that visual of, uh, of a ranking. Then,
1: uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I don't blame the people who are on Twitter and they see Dominate's crop tweet of, of the power ranking, uh, you know. And then go. Mark's lost his goddamn mind. I don't blame anyone who does that, because because to Zale's point, you know that's like it's clickbait. You know at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you if you, you know, and again I'm not even saying Closer's the problem. I'm not saying he's the worst player on the team or anything. But purely from like what are you doing in the game,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that's that's the ranking.
0: All right. From one interesting and contentious uh, topic here, I wanted to uh, bring up one as well. From one of the teams that's actually below 100 Thieves and TSM. Those are the two teams tied at eight and four. But Team Liquid to me, I think plays off this so well because Azale posed a question: contender or pretender? Everyone will say, much like you, your associated tier lists, um, Team Liquid is a contender, right? I am I'm, I'm I would be remiss. That I don't think you guys are gonna say they're they're not contenders. There, there's no way. Um but they are one game below Hundred Thieves, and they are having some similar problems as far as these mid games and the late game. Team Liquid has amazing early game stats. They are still blasting a lot of these lanes. Um, uh, you know, uh, bottom lane ha- has started to get some kills as well. You know, Tactical came under fire for some of his team fights, a lot of the positioning in uh, in some of the games. Uh, Alfari is still uh, is still a beast in the top side. Uh, they even showed up again getting him counterpick. Uh, I know their game versus Immortals. They basically reversed everything that happened in the in the first matchup that they had with Immortals where Revenge got counterpick, solo kills Alfari, bottom lane uh, counters the Senna Tom Kench with Blitzcrank, Kaisa, uh, they go with a super aggressive, you know, point man getting the kills on bottom side early, and Team Liquid would reverse the entire draft and actually reverse the entire game and beat them in the same way that, that, that they got beaten um so so they are definitely you know looking back taking notes you know coaching on on some of these previous games and yet there there are a lot of these games where uh you, you know people are getting picked off in the mid game uh they are they are misexecuting in, in team fights what do you guys see is wrong with team liquid right now causing them to be in the middle of the standings where where nobody Thought they would be lock-in champs, spending a bunch of money, roster, undeniably good. Um, what's what's the take here as far as, you know, that compared to 100 Thieves on this contender-pretender scale where right out of the bat you're like, okay, 100 Thieves for sure pretenders. But I- I'm pretty sure you guys would say that Team Liquid are 100% contenders. Um,
2: for for me, I think, you know, it, it's not always the same thing that's making them lose for starters. Uh, I, I think that when you look at some of the earlier games, you know, we even heard Alfari talking about this. Like, I think it was just a little bit of cockiness, you know, not having respect for the other <laughs> top laners in the league. You know, blind picking Ken with Aurelia up and, and these sorts of things, and getting dunked on by Revenge. And you know, they've they've had a few games like that where he's just like, well, I'm just gonna blind Ken and then I'm better than you. And it's like, well, it turns out. <laughs> kind of weren't like you maybe may be you but how much <laughs> but like you know it's like maybe you are but well not that much better you know not to offset the matchup um so I, I do think some some of that was cockiness as far as like some of the alfari performances to me the thing that stands out and I, this isn't to pin everything on him but i think tactical has had a really bad split i think tactical has been pretty bad overall Al- almost the whole split when you even compare to lock-in when you compare to worlds last year when you compare to you know, summer split last year. Uh, it feels night and day to me. He feels very inconsistent. I think that they're they're much less dominant as far as their their duo. Um, you know, compared to what we saw in Lockin, where they were just like slamming everyone. Um, but also, I just feel like he consistently is is making individual errors. When I think about the Tristana game where they built this whole comp around him, he just like randomly walks mid and starts attacking the tower by himself with no one around him and dies. And then goes mm-hmm. back mid lane. He's like walking through the river um instead of walking through down? their own jungle with no vision and no one around him, and dies. Then he walks into a Galio in a, in a team fight who's channeling taunt in full vision and dies. And it's like, and then in the final team fight, people were giving him a pass for this one, and, and it is really difficult to be fair because it was like what Hecrim and something else. Can't remember. They had a lot of dive Kaisa. Something dive. else. So, it was it was yeah. Kaisa and Hecrim that dove him. Uh, but yeah. he died without buster shot. He died and he did live for like a second or two, you know, after getting out of CC and he was still fairly healthy and didn't actually buster shot disengage anything. You know, his positioning wasn't great. Is that one on him? hundred percent? No, of course, you know, it's, it's a team effort to peel for your AD, right? It's not just on you. Uh, but I, but I don't think that that game was the only game. I think even, even in the game that he just played that they won yesterday, they had this skirmish. It was against what Immortals I want to say, uh, where he yeah. basically just like took a one V two in the river while he was moving up to his team, instead of just trying to like run to his teammates uh, that basically ended up with core JJ, then trying to turn around and get back to him. And by the time core JJ got back, well, tactical is like 10%. So he dies. And then core JJ's stuck against the Senate and he dies too. And I just think that like, it's not as though he's playing horrible all the time or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not trying to put that out there. But I don't think he's playing anywhere near uh, the level that he had been before, which I thought was like really, really high. Really, really high level of consistency. Where now I I feel like I see a lot of mistakes from him in team fighting. I feel like I see a lot of mistakes in positioning. And it just feels like mental errors and stuff. So uh, I I think that's that's certainly contributing to it.
1: Would you place him 8th on a performance-based tier list, despite (laughs) being top 3 or 4 in your mind? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about... I don't know eight. about eighth. Yeah, there, yeah. There, I know having to go. Sorry, so I was gonna say. I think the junglers are a lot closer in the middle. I think there's there's some AD carries and uh, it's like a more are... spread out yeah. kind of. Yeah, not doing so well. Um, but
2: yeah, yeah I, I think that. And, and I would also say that I feel like um, you know you talk you talk about closer not really being being active and not really being involved in stuff. I don't know what actually Santorin's stats are in the early game, but I I feel like when I think about what he was doing for Flyquest last year. I felt like he, he was involved in, in early ganks and early things so much more often than this year. And I don't know if that's just like a product environment where he's like, I don't have to because all my lanes are going to win. Um, or, or if it's a, a playstyle thing or what, and I'm not, I am not would have to dig into the stats and, and kind of look back at the games. But I just, last year, I felt like he got so many like level 2 ganks on champions that people weren't really expecting it and always was really known for his like really creative pathing and being so surprising with these early plays. And he pulled those off pretty consistently and I can't really think of them doing that at all this year. So I think it's a combination of
1: things. Yeah, I'm with you. I think um, like if I, I think like tactical draws the most attention cause it's been the most consistent, some of the bigger mistakes, but like there was a, a week or two where Jensen was, was making a lot of errors. There mm-hmm. was like the Alfari ones we already talked about um, Santorin had that Nidalee game where he was like missing spears on stun targets, you know, like, I think across the board, people on Team Liquid feel like they've had a bit of a hangover from Lockin tournament, which does happen sometimes, like from MSI to this. Um, so I think maybe there's there's some of that going on. I, I don't it's know, weird though, but uh, it's, Lockin wasn't like that. It's it wasn't right ruining here, right? right? Like yeah, yeah. I I don't know, but I think one of the reasons that they get more of a pass than say Hundred Thieves in my book is because Hundred Thieves when they were jamming in Lockin tournament still lost to C9. Um, whereas Team Liquid, when they were jamming, won the tournament. And so, like, if you look at, like, okay, well, first they have to get back to that level before they improve from there, um, and we've already seen a higher peak out of, out of Team Liquid, which I think is why there is that little bit of extra, um, you know, community breathing room that they're giving them.
0: Kobe? Looks like uh, I've been looking up uh, the jungle proximity for Santorin. He is, he is currently middle of the pack uh, for Team Liquid, uh, a little bit. Uh... On the low side. Yeah,
1: he's still tied uh, tied for third, fourth, and kills and assists at 15. It,
0: um, it's 40% jungle proximity. Highest is 44%. Yeah, he uh, hasn't, lowest he hasn't is bad
1: by
2: any means, but so. it just kind of stood out that I, I'm not yeah. recalling as he's many He's second in goal moments. difference.
0: Because
1: I felt he like his early largely was so, so... He's
0: defensive. actually second in forward percentage for junglers. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I, I actually think he... I put him second on my, my tier list. I actually think he's he's been oh. um, pretty good. Excuse me. He's third in goal difference. At well, I don't know anymore wh- where they were based off last weekend to this weekend because I had nine games versus 12 game sample size, so it goes around. But I, yeah. I think he's been he I, to your point. He's not been the FlyQuest borderline like. Yeah, who is who is dominating? But he, I think he's been been solid. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I would say uh, just uh, just on the little adding bit on the tactical thing. I I um I was kind of sad because I was so hyped up last year. I was like, oh, my God, this NA rookie is just popping off. He's carrying games for Team Liquid with the, you know, all the veterans around him. And then at Worlds, he also performed so well under pressure on the international stage. And I was so excited. Um, and we kind of touched on it a little bit last week, but there's been little bits of, like, he did an interview with Travis. They did a little touch on it in their Team Liquid squads of, like, burnout and, and um, you know, so- some other stuff they're, they're all trying to work on as a team. Um, and so i really hope that we that we see a, a good bounce back from tactical because uh that's what i got a lot of my n a talent investment in um you know him <laughs> him blabber speak uh all, all these Vulcan. guys uh Vulcan, uh Volante. you know what even even now that the the os players are our residency i'm claiming fbi as well <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what about the other teams that are kind of sitting up and around the top you know we have dig eg tsm that we haven't touched on you know that are sitting either 8 and 4 7 and 5 uh are any of these yeah. teams you think legit championship contenders you know i think dignitas was starting to to get a lot of notice uh then they kind of had had a couple more uh, unimpressive games where people were like oh okay maybe, maybe we were right maybe they're not that good uh, but they had actually started picking up quite a few wins they had beaten uh a number of good teams you know do you think any of these teams are really are kind of contenders
0: so this one is not interesting to me because I want to um, place their contender bar at not contender for championship so that I can then say they are contenders because I feel like people All right, let's want place to place it deduct- at semifinals then to- top four. Pe- yeah. P- people want to deduct so much points from this dig team. they it just feels like so much of the community is like, they just want to stuff them back down there and like, get back down there where you belong. <laughs> Quit popping your head up here into the top <laughs> of the standings. Uh, be, but but I can't, yeah, like you say, okay, maybe semifinals, uh, you know, is, is something like that is, is more reasonable because I still would not, you know, legitimately be able to like with confidence be like, okay, so yeah, they're a contender for championship, but they are contenders for overperforming everybody's expectations for this team, for sure. They are they have legitimately been playing team fights very well. Dardock's early games have been going extremely well for them. A lot of the team fights are going way better than people thought um, you know especially looking at fake God and, and saligo. Um, there definitely have been some brain fart moments and I was sorry cracking up when when Izzel called this out and, in their most recent game where it is this huge comeback victory for CLG and one of the breaking point team fights is Tristana, I think she had a skin or something because the explosive shot charge <laughs> okay. was really bright to me. And the first time around watching it, I was also like, wait a second, uh, how did he die? And, and then I go back and look at the replay and I'm watching it back for an analyst desk and I'm like, my God, this explosive shot charge it was on Renekton's head for a full duration. It was not popped by Tristana's hands, yeah, okay? Yeah, like, that just timed out. out. And, and Saligo, like lives this initial, you know, thrust from clg and they're chasing them back with four people but he's like 250 hp a z or something and he's yeah. walking next to the redacted with an explosive charge that's at like you know one below maximum about to explode for a good two seconds and i'm like oh my god watching the replay you're like get out of there man <laughs> duck get out <laughs> like dive dive. run run but like and, and it is, like, a, it must have been a skin or something because it was it was definitely hidden within the rest of them, but it was super bright. And then that thing explodes and I start laughing. The, wor- the worst part uh, about it was
2: it gave, because it gave, uh, I think it was Turtle or whoever, the kill. Gave the enemy Shazana Yeah, it's Turtle, the, kill, the Which gave him a yeah. reset, reset, jump yeah. away and actually survive <laughs> when he would have died yeah. too. So it was so bad.
0: But, like, that is, that is like a that's the thing you find in review that's a okay i wasn't like you know looking particularly he well he's probably looking at the tryst
2: and not at his own characters exactly
0: guess. there is some in call in, and in comms this is within a team fight they're like chase 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 um and and like i said i, I even you know looking at the first time around it, it's kind of hidden it's a little bit brighter um but i do legitimately think all those things previously listed for dignitas have have been really strong um and definitely a lot better than people expected uh given the lineup. So I think they deserve this credit. Um, maybe with the contender bar being a bit lower. Don't what push do me to EG.
1: That? I'm talking TSM when you ask who I think could actually okay. be contenders. TSM, Mark. Because I don't think it's EG, but I think TSM could be. Um, they they swapped their play style a little bit this weekend, which I, I liked. The you know They went more 1-1, one through one, more early game with Jay Sindra. Um, and I think both games, their 1-1 their one through one was actually not that bad. Um, it felt like other things were going wrong uh, for them. And overall, I, I like to see them branching out. I said a couple of weeks ago that like this feels like a team that's going to be two steps forward, one step back. I still feel like that. like, um, And I, I think overall, they're going to keep getting better. Do they get to the point where they can actually contest C9? I don't know, because right now they are still, I feel like, a, a fair amount behind. But um, I, I do think that they, like Sword Art's playing better. Uh, Lost playing I think the whole team's playing better. I think... I, I'm actually largely positive on on TSM. I would probably put them yeah. like if I was power ranking third right now, maybe mm-hmm. in in the league.
0: I want to refer to our TSM section last week when I was talking about okay, they needed to stabilize. Like this team needed to have a direction, and they found that uh, Huni playing more conservative topside, lots of tanks for them, initiation, you know, between him, Sordar, and Spika. Much more coordinated. They cleaned up a lot of the small timing window issues and some of the communication there. Power of Evil getting a lot of resources. Hard Carry, um, you know, Mage player from the mid lane, great. Now, when are we going to see them? You know, start to branch back out. And I actually really love that it was immediate, like the, the very next week. This this last week, they they start putting Huni on Jace again. They start doing some one three one uh, as a team, trying to trying to actually move beyond yes we stabilized we feel confident now let's actually try some more styles let's try some more carry tops and even though they did lose the second uh jace game uh on top side there with i thought it was i thought it was off of some good some good counterplay and some good pivotal moments they still had a lot of good setup with it and were able to get um you know some good advantages and and one three one um those types of comps are definitely the more difficult to pull off so I do still, uh, you know, like the direction, and and I'm and I'm also positive.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I was pretty positive on on TSM as well. The, the one thing I will say is like, so they, I mean, they basically did three games with Bush for Hooney, right? They had Shen, and Jace, mm-hmm.
0: They clearly um, came into this week, and they're like, all right, we got the plan. Let's yeah. let's try this now. We're
2: gonna play side lanes, and yeah, and I do think while they went two and one. When I think back to the individual games, I'm like, all right, well, there was the Team Liquid like game that felt like more of like a throw from TL than a win from TSM. You know, I do think TSM did a good job to to be able to capitalize on some of the mistakes. Um, but, you know, it, it did feel like they were very scrappy games and you know if i'm recalling a lot of situations it's like okay they're having to go for back doors and they're having to you know give objectives and just try to like hard commit to the split push and Kaisa is split pushing even at times and just trying to take towers uh you know it felt it didn't feel like they were like super controlled games i do think it's it's a positive to your guys point to be you know stepping out of that comfort zone a bit because now it felt like okay you've created your identity you know huni weak side Play towards sword art instead of sword art playing towards other lanes, and and that's how it's going to be. And I think Cooney's improved massively when you look back to lock in and and even the early weeks of spring, he has gotten much better. So I think that is really promising. I don't think that the the games they showed this weekend, as far as the split bush style, were like super impressive. But I think that if they can clean that up, it's great to have an extra style under your belt. And I'm still agreed that I think they are a contender. I do think that they're you know a top three team right now, and, and that's pretty cool
0: work on uh, work on keeping enemy junglers out of uh, smite fights um, for for <laughs> objectives' uh, it's, that's definitely always a, a team game there yes um, you know it's always great to have a clutch clutch smiter but speakers um, also
1: yeah I was gonna say speakers smites have been insane this split and it was like that FlyQuest game when Jose diodo got the smite off him I was almost like shocked you know for the the soul point uh, I, I was like <laughs> wait that never happens what what was that <laughs> He's got those young hands, man. He's
2: he's quick with the smite. Uh EG. E. G is is to me, I feel I'm feeling more and more like it's it's kind of pretender, just because the team just doesn't seem to be able to really get consistent enough. And I think that is a, a legitimate concern. It's just the fact that when you're looking forward to best of five, I don't know that they could string together enough good games to beat one of these top teams at a best of five. Like that's my legitimate concern. Do I think that they could beat tl or tsm or c9 on any given day sure i think they could win a game um but I, but i think it's it's becoming problematic that they don't seem to be able to string together these games and they do feel like they are kind of falling back into the, to the very up or down it's like super reliant on jizuke it feels like if jizuke is having a good game then they can have a great game but if he's not uh things seem pretty difficult
1: yeah i think uh EG is clearly better than a lot of the, the teams below them in the standings. Like, it's not like I think they're getting lucky or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you look at that Golden Guardians win, it was really sus for a lot of that game. And then they were able to, to clutch it out, like you're saying, with their team fighting. Definitely has been good. Like, I think a lot of their players individually have been been pretty good, like impact and stuff like that. But um, it does feel like they, as a team, still make some some pretty big mistakes. Um which is why, like you're saying, to to win five games in a row against the other teams who are playing well would be three hard to believe. Yeah. Or excuse me, three. Yeah. Out of five. I
0: yeah. I, I mean uh, I feel like um to to confidently put um you know but aside from Cloud Nine because that's one I think we we would all be pretty confident in in any matchup um and giving a uh, you know extra extra weight to there there definitely is a a decent amount of variance with mm-hmm. with any of the other matchups of these top teams. I do like the point of. Even though, eg, had were on a three-game win streak and they lost one game this uh, this weekend, so they did get you know a decent amount of wins on the board. A lot of those wins were moments that could have gone either way, um, and and required you know on in some of them some mistakes from opponent, in some of them some big plays, admittedly, from their own players. Um, it's uh, it's not uh, that super like weighted blankets, safe feeling when you go into an EG game. I mean, it was, it was all teams at the bottom
2: too, right? It was CLG, it was, yeah, Golden Guardians, C9. and FlyQuest.
1: And they and lost the Cloud9 Were the three, last
2: wins, the three yeah. last wins. They lost to Cloud9 in there as well. But it, and they lost to Cloud9 quickly. And then in those three wins that they have, they worked 40 for 40-minute game, 45-minute game, and a 42-53 game, right? So it's yeah. like all very long, all hotly contested games against the bottom teams in the league, and then one game where they got clapped by Cloud9. So yeah. that that was like, oh yes, you were getting wins this week, but this is the easiest part of your schedule, and it kind of felt like a regression, because those were the slowest games of, of the year for them, and it didn't feel like they knew how to close out. Even the Golden Guardians one, where they got Baron, and then they were trying to siege into into Siver and it was like, just push three lanes. You can't do anything into the Sivir that has like full items, and was just instant clearing your waves. They're only pushing two waves with Baron buff, I felt like that was really disappointing. It's it's just like trying to siege into Anivia and Sivir and these types of champs. Doesn't matter if you have Baron, they're gonna kill
0: the wave. I was gonna comment on the on the split pushing specifically because um, it must have been the Cloud Nine game then, because I was casting it, um, and I just spent two minutes talking about how, all right, EG, right now you have to be really careful when coordinating pushing out your side lanes for the split push because Baron is available. You need to have the rest of your team applying pressure so that if they pick off one of the prongs of your split push, then you can you can make your play on the other side of the map. And guess what happens 10 seconds later? Four members of EG are recalling. Dezuke is halfway across the map pushing out on the bottom side. And so he gets picked off by Cloud9. And after that, you know, all the members of E.G. are recalling, so they're they're all in base. Cloud9 transitions right over, uh, you know, to the Baron off of this this big pick where they don't have any other pressure on the other side of the map, and it's just it's an Oriana pushing out waves with no vision on the bottom side of the map up to almost the river. Um, and so those types of things still happen sometimes in E.G. games, and yet then I also look back to last week, uh, where their game versus Team Liquid. Uh, you're talking about, uh, you know, ending games. That was a 30, thirty-three minutes there versus Team Liquid, uh, making quick work, right? With uh, with Impact, uh, you know, versus his old team. So that's why I, I think it's it's mostly about uh, you know consistency worries uh, and, and some of these these situations that do come up where you, you think and you're looking back in review, you're like, all right, that's probably one of the easier ones to point out and solve, because because there are so many of these big, exciting moments that that are pivotal. And then you get the other side of the coin, where the en- enemy just got Elder Dragon, uh, you know, stole it away there for for fly FlyQuest, and Jazuke Shockwaves kills three of them. Boom, game's <laughs> over instead. <laughs> nice Elder Dragon, suckers.
2: <laughs> All right, we got the next kind of grouping of teams, Immortals, Fly... Uh, and then, obviously, at the bottom, we have CLG, who did get their second win, and Golden Guardians. How are you guys feeling about the, the improvement? We'll, we'll kind of group these teams. Well, CLG is not really a development roster. They're a bunch of veterans. But how are you feeling um, about the improvement of these teams or lack
0: thereof? So, can a team, a bunch of veterans, be development roster? I mean, you I can start no. with you can start with any dough and say that you want to develop this dough into a pizza. yeah. This dough not could the, be old. Term you is. could have tried to turn this dough into a pizza before. <laughs> it, it's, you have a, you it, have a piece go, of
1: bread and you're like, I'm going to make a pizza. When, when 20... people say
2: development roster, though, it's, they're, they're meaning it's like, this is I, I know. For, you know, I just, formed with the intention. Uh, it's not that rhetorics yeah. can't improve. I'm not saying that. It's a team formed yeah. with the intention of building towards the future, of not having success right now. Right. Of course, everyone wants success right now, but Golden Guardians and 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 FlyQuest and Immortals, those teams I don't think were under any illusions that they're going to win the championship this year. I feel like yeah. CLG was built maybe not to win the championship but they were built to compete right away. That's why you b- buy all these veterans and they're 2 and 10.
0: Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously the you know drawback there is like okay, the couple of the veterans that they bought were not able to come uh and so they had to change out a lot of pieces. Yeah. Anyways, uh, their win um it it had to be a big comeback victory and it did have to be um off of just okay i really like the kled pick um but it was not like complicated how how they make their combat their comeback you know they get this this mid team fight and they get the the victory there and then you're you're just kled ulting and charging in with olaf and extra speed and, and ramming it into them at these at these objectives and 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 winning these team fights and they successfully were able to get to this point, you know, item breakpoints on their carries, you know, turtle on, on the Tristana. Uh, there, there are some plays that kind of, you know, as Saligo walking to, to, into the explosive shot and stuff like that that definitely helped them out in these areas. Um, but it's like, yes, this is a great first step. Um, I didn't see any like revolutionary plays or you know things that that change a lot of of the opinion here because there were to me plenty of games that they should have won before yeah. off of, you know, small moments like that. And, and they happen to be losses. And this one, this one, they, they were actually able to, to turn it into a win this time around. That was the difference. Yeah. It wasn't like, Oh, these, these games look so, so different or the play is so different or the strategy is so different from some of the ones that did turn into losses. Um, so it wasn't like a revolution. I think uh, the airy moment or anything, but you know, Brock says is, Brock's is being happy and it, it is great to get, uh, morale boosted by getting a win and finally getting a win i love the 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 hugs going around for everybody afterwards we finally we did did it. it all right that's step number one now it's I the podium
2: it's the podium meme right Elias uh one of our writers, I, I loved that yeah, you yeah, yeah that and it's with like head. you know the guy celebrating kissing the girl getting the medal you know pouring the champagne and and then he's in third place is normally the meme but Elias posted that but it's CLG and there it's like first second and it says 10th on their podium and it's yeah.
1: CLG with the champagne I was like that's perfect I think the, the funny thing about that game, too, was it was kind of the inverse of a lot of their losses. Like, they yeah. still got first blood, but then they fell behind, and then the other team kind of threw a little bit. And I think uh, Poe Belter's victor was, was pretty good, maybe not through the early game, but, like, in the mid game for stalling out and stopping a lot of their dives and then winning team fights. A lot of that was a victor as well. So I don't know if they can actually, like, they're one of these teams that doesn't feel hopeless in a lot of ways, uh, despite, mm-hmm. like, the negative aura around the organization. In terms of, like, games, it's like, oh, there's there's enough, like, little glimmers there. Like, Smoothie and Turtles laning has been, like, okay, they've gotten 2v2 kills, and they, like, make stuff happen. And Smoothies uh, engages that game more a lot better as well. Um, so I have slight optimism for CLG, if not this split, you know, like... Maybe next, next flip. flip being more 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 a little bit i still wouldn't ever call them contenders but being more in that eg dig tier yeah my concern with them is just that i actually
2: thought that with all, all the veterans on their team their strength was going to be like you know being calm and making good decisions and and you know they were going to be the ones that oh maybe they don't get ahead a lot but like maybe they can do stuff in the late game and it's kind of been the inverse right you know they did get this win um, but to Kobe's point, it didn't really feel like anything revolutionary. It's just like, oh well, actually you were getting trashed this game and then you randomly won a team fight and you won the game. And I think that Pope Alter does deserve credit because I think he played really well. Uh, but when, when you pointed out the, the the wild turtle smoothie bot lane laning, I, I actually think that turtle is, is solid, but yeah. I just immediately remembered that <laughs> game. Now I'll where, start level six. Yeah, where they they do this like fake recall and they hide in the brush and smoothie's level five. And then they see an Alistar walk over a ward Whose at, idea as level was that? Six towards them and then don't run away. And then they just wait and they're like, all right, time to fight the level <laughs> six Alistar. And they just engage on him and both immediately die with all their summoners and everything available. And I'm just like, this
0: is the dude. dumbest engager I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And again, like we were saying last week, we're like, all right, this this is the team yeah, invested heavily in experience and yeah. veterans. You know, that looked like a decision that is made by someone who has not played a lot of League of Legends. It does not know like, like what's going to happen. Is. Let's find that, out. <laughs> doesn't know what's going to happen when an Alistar level six walks into you. And by the way, the uh, smoothie was uh, rel level was five. level five at the point. So he also he didn't have his ultimate. <laughs> so like you, you're like, all right. You know, let's find out in the next episode what happens. <laughs> you know, when, and, and you can see the confidence. You know, uh, uh, who's the all star at that point? <laughs> Afro. Charged, Afro- yeah, it's Afro. Afro's like, yeah, I know what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go face check this bush. If if they're in here, we got them, right? <laughs> He's like, charging straight forward. It's a beeline. He's like, I'm checking this bush. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that, was,
2: just, that, that was, was terrible. Funny. That was honestly terrible. All right, Golden Guardians, uh, two two and ten as well. But it feels like people feel very differently about them because of the way that the roster was built. You know, same record as CLG. But, you know, you you have a couple collegiate players. You got some guys fresh out of Academy. So it feels like, hey, you have two wins. You had a a, a lot of games that actually could have been wins, uh, including, I think, a couple this weekend where it did feel like they kind of threw the ball uh, a little bit and dropped the ball, rather, I should say. Um, But I think overall, I feel... Okay, about Golden Guardians. I feel like there has been some improvement. Um, I do think that you know it was nice to see the iconic Lilia game where he was actually having like an active game where he was you know attacking lanes and getting involved. I think that's something that you know is important to see because I think iconic was one of the guys that when we look back to lock in, people were pointing at him and be like, hey, you're pretty good. Um, but he has been very one note for me in the LCS. You know, it's just been like, all right, you're really passive, you farm it up and then you show up to fights and you play pretty darn well in team fights, right? Um, but even when drafts demanded like more jungle attention, he didn't really give it. So that that felt like a bit of a divergence when he played pretty proactive on the Lilia. So that was nice to see. Um, I think as far as Niles, he still has a lot longer of a way to go. Like he he feels like he's just kind of getting exploited almost every game. And, and the biggest thing for me is, he just feels like he has a lack of understanding of how to control the waves, and that is something that he is getting exploited on so hard by these top laners that know exactly what to do, right? He's playing against Someday and Impact and Alfari and these guys, and he overpushes waves and can't get it into the turret, and that feels like it happens almost every game against the top players. Is He actually just doesn't know how much am I supposed to attack the wave. Do I do it now? And he tries to sometimes go for like these two wave crashes instead of three wave crashes and stuff like that, where he can't fully get it in, and the uh, opposing laner like holds three or four minions outside of his turret, and he's like, "Well, what do I do now?" And then he starts getting traded on, he gets ganked, you know, and it kind of snowballs. So I-, I think that you know Niles can improve, and I think that as as he gets more like coaching on his laning and actually understanding the mini waves, um, hopefully we will see him dying a lot less because I think he he dies so much because his waves are always screwed because he didn't know how to push him.
0: yeah, I was gonna comment on this when you're talking about um, iconic's early uh, presence uh, and he because I, I remember clearly that he he goes to the gank top side um, and, and we're talking about this exactly as it happens. And we're like oh, here, here it is. Um, that exact gank is where you know he he goes for the gank um, and now it leaves there's like two or three minions that impact immediately. On Renekton walks up to get aggro of, keeps them from going all the way into the turret. Um, Iconic finishes his recall behind blue buff in enemy jungle, lays down the wards to see uh, when enemy jungle is going to come. But the the recall completes; he's out of there. You know, top and jungle. This is this has to be both of you full attention on minion wave management. It mm-hmm. it is also a jungler's job um, to to help with this. Um, up, yes, it's the wave when you're screwed. It's it's mainly it, it is mainly on the uh you know laner to communicate it also but junglers should be, are are so used to this as well because um you, your laners get left in these uh you know types of spots uh, and they're just absolutely screwed so even though there is a ward back there because the recall completes uh, impact grab grabs the wave right in front of his turret uh, you know here comes olaf yeah you see him and, and so then he has to give up so many cs and he, you can see he's the the panic Set in, and he's like, "Oh shit, it's happened again!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is there a with the wave position and an Olaf up here? Like, uh, now, now, what do you do? Well, well, now you're screwed. <laughs>
1: uh, I want to give a quick hit, shout out to the Immortals FlyQuest uh, Midlanders for being, you know, the two of the newer NA mids getting starting time. I think a uh, Insanity and Palfox have both been decent overall uh, this mm-hmm. split. And when we're talking about development, like. Both these teams have bright spots that I'm looking forward to. Here they go. Jose Dioto I think is actually really good. Uh, his biggest issue is like late game team fighting. He sometimes gets a little uh, trigger happy and gets in in the middle of a scrap that he shouldn't be. Um, but overall, I think both those teams for what they're trying to be are are in decent spots. Um, I, I would want to see a little bit more out of FlyQuest. I, I thought they'd be a little bit higher, but it's still not not terrible or anything.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for FlyQuest, there there has been more of a, a learning curve or, or whatever you want to call it than people expected. You know, I, I expected a Palafox to be better out of the gate. I expected their bot lane to be better out yeah. of the gate. One thing I will say, though, is I feel like I've seen a clear improvement from from the FlyQuest bot lane. Um, and I think Palfox is getting better, too. I, I think that, you know, when you look back to those early weeks, on um, both in lock-in and as well as the start of Spring Split, you know, diamond looked like so hesitant and looked like unsure of himself i think and, and a lot of these champions you know, even when he's playing engage champions he, he wasn't always you know pulling the trigger when he had to and i think that that for the most part is gone now you know i don't think that they are dominating but i think that it's nice to see players playing with confidence right and you know in the FlyQuest win that they had who was it against tl someone i can't remember um they had they had a big win this weekend I, i'm struggling to remember who it actually was against um but you know, there was like the Relo Star play, right? Where he goes in and he, he misses all his abilities and everything. But, and I was like, oh no, is that going to kind of like, you know, blow up your confidence? But he continued to go in and every other engage he had the whole game was really, really good, right? And, and I think that's what you need to see is you need to be able to shake off a bad play. You need to be able to shake off a bad moment and continue to do your job, right? And don't doubt yourself when you see the engages. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. If this is what you're supposed to do, if that's your job in the game, you've got to be able to go for it. You've got to be able to you know, find those moments, especially as a, as a support where often you are the one your team is relying on in this meta to engage, whether it's Rell or Alistar or whatever. You've got to see it that split moment. He stepped too far forward. All right, we go, right? And you need to be able to have confidence in yourself to, to pull that off. And I feel like Diamond's developing that, which for me has been fun to watch.
0: Well, perfect timing then, because guess what, Honda MVP has arrived, and with the jungle nerfs, that means that other roles have a chance to step up, we're just talking about mid and support, so who are your next two most impactful mid-support uh, uh, you know, combinations that we have in the LCS, um, or who, who, who is just basically would be your, your Honda MVP mid plus support as a combo? okay so specifically as a duo
2: Mm. i mean quarter jj jensen i guess right i i just think that i still think card jj is is so insane um i i think that perks and vulcan those are like the really obvious ones but those are the ones that really pop out to me i think perks has gotten so much better i still think vulcan's playing really really well um i'm trying to think how much they actually like play together though i do feel like tl it's it's less about like Jensen and Cordy J grouping up and more I'm just like, Well, those guys are really good. That's a good combo to have on your team. because oh. 'Cause I'm trying to think about who actually plays together as a support and mid lane and and that
1: I'm less sure of. I feel um, like um Sword Art and, and PoE is actually not a bad one. Um mm-hmm. uh Sword Art does have a lot of roams and a lot of them are towards mid lane. Uh and you know, POE a a player worth investing in, um, if you can get him get him ahead or whatnot. Uh so I, I would say that one might be one of the the more enticing mid yeah, yeah mid I support. I think those
0: are all I think those are all good call outs. I was gonna say if I could reverse two weeks, I could go back in time. Uh I'd love to say DeMonte and Huhi uh because those are two of the most proactive mid-jungle, you know, constantly making dives and creating plays for the team, roaming across the map. Um but uh Probably, probably off the list for the last couple of weeks that we have seen from them. Uh, pretty good answers there, uh, fellas. Shall we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we pretty good answers. Yeah, uh, I'll give you. I'll give you credit. <laughs> I
2: mean, it's, it's just one of those things. I think it's easy to name who you think are the best. It's harder if you haven't thought about it and, and actually looked into how much people play together. Because normally, you think about mid jungle duos. You think about bot yeah. lanes. You think about you know top jungle. Mid support is kind of an oddball duo that I don't really think as much about, right? You know, it's, it's yeah, exactly. The game isn't played as much around those. Usually, it's just like, okay, do you have a support that runs commit a lot?
0: And I think too, um, part of it, part of it is like they don't have to be making the plays together. Um, mm. I, I think part of it was aimed at who who are the next ones, like as a team that both have you know, players in these two positions that, that do a lot of that um, you know, movement because, because jungle got nerfed and they're, they're trying to look at, okay, these are the next two roles that move the most, um, which is kind of why I was kind of thinking uh, back to the earlier 100 Thieves days, and I was like, well, um, you know, that, one, that one would have been a shoo-in because uh, that was when you know, all this TF and Galio and stuff were, were to Monte, but not so much anymore. All right. Anchor question time, then. Red Catone has a question for us on summoner spells.
1: Over the years, it seems like every system in league has undergone (laughs) significant change with the exception of summoner spells. Do you think Riot will ever change how summoner spells work? If you were in charge, what changes would you want to experiment with?
2: I mean, Riot has changed how how summoner spells work. You know, if you think about... um, God, what was that one that revealed vision in an area? Uh, Clarity. That, that, oh, no, uh,
1: Clairvoyance. Clairvoyance yeah. is
2: gone. Clarity is gone. Right? Yeah, that's, but... That changes... Um, I, I don't know exactly what he means, but, like, they do change the power of, of summoner spells
1: and stuff as well. I mean, it's been the least changed system, probably. Like, items have gone through more. Jungle has gone through more. Runes have seen massive reworks in recent years. Yep. Uh, the Clairvoyance changes was, like, I don't even know, like, season 3, season 4? Like they
0: fortify changed, used the, to be a thing. Fortify used to have <laughs> like revive flash on a three a and a half thing. minute
1: cooldown. Um, there was a te- period of time where heal not only healed you but it sped you up and removed grievous wounds off you. So the counter to healing, the the counter to counter to the healing was was healing. Uh, I remember playing in that meta. That was fun. We took four heals with like Mundo Zin Soraka and just that was really troll time. Uh, but like I I agree ultimately with with the the guy. Like the biggest changes are probably TP when they changed it so you couldn't cancel TP. I think that was like the last big one I can remember. That
2: really was a remember. really good change, by the way, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they have looked at multiple times throughout League's history um, at at making big changes and specifically to Flash. And from all of the testing and all of the player feedback, people freaking hated Changes to Flash. Do not take away my Flash. Do not, you know, make sure to increase the cooldown. Like Flash is so sick. Like <laughs> that feels great to use. It, it feels, you know, it changes the way some champions works. Uh, so like Flash itself being so pivotal, kind of makes all of the stuff around Summoner spells hard to change too much because it is such an integral part, you know, to the game and to a lot of champions and to people's. Yeah understanding of league of legends that i think it'd be really hard to make a big change i'd say that the closest thing they actually have come to with changing summer spells is summer spellbook um i think that's actually pretty cool uh how we do have an option that's you know a choice that you can choose into to then change how how your summoner spells work uh and and they've had a couple of iterations of that and you know try to improve on that which i think i think
2: movement in general anytime you mess with movement it's such a big change right like Uh, you know they did some of that with the item rework you know with mythic items right there's like gale forest and prowler's claw and stuff Um, but those are are pretty limited towards specific types of champions so when you take something that that is just like everyone takes this like flash right Um, and and you change how that works that really does send so many ripples throughout the game and and changing you know how things work as far as even the power of champions if you're going to rework summoner spells completely you have to basically rebalance every single champion in the game it feels like around that for what they've gained and lost and i I think that is a massive undertaking will riot ever do it i think they will at some point right i think i think at some point that's going to happen uh but i think it would be a huge undertaking and and probably not for a while
1: what do you think mark oh i i I agree i uh finish i
0: uh
1: i think we should delete summoner spells
2: all of them bold bold assertion there get rid of them and items (laughs) too
1: and runes and champions
2: oh so it's Heroes of the Storm
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we will wrap it up for this week. Thank you again to Honda for making this episode possible. And remember, you can check Wait, us out room. on take those out. Spotify <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm. And especially sub to our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash LCS. You can also send your questions on Twitter using the hashtag the dive, L-O-L, or send us your voice messages on Anchor fm at our page catch us again next week thank you for joining us and see you then